Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Get back to some San Francisco 49er talk as we hit 4 o'clock alongside Shamari Block. This is Dan DeVone. Let's bring in our man, Rob Statsguerra from SB Nation. Rob, what's going on? How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about it. Can't mention the 49ers without one Christian McCaffrey coming back to the Bay Area and coming back to the Palo Alto and to the farm area. <laughs> Let's just start here. After the first three years where he took the NFL by storm and then, of course, the last two, which have been plagued by injuries, Where's he at, Rob, in terms of his health? And how far removed is he physically from what we saw three year or two years ago when he was just the man as far as receiving and running the football? So I have to say, before they played the Panthers this year, I kind of thought, well, Christian McCaffrey had a good run, and you know he just got used a lot, and now he's just banged up. But when they played the Panthers, I was surprised at how he looked. He looked similar to how he looked when he first broke into the league. I don't think he's quite as fast as he used to be, but he's still very hard to tackle. He's still good in space. He still is falling forward and gaining yards after contact. So he might not be quite as fast as he once was, but I think he's got a lot left in the tank. Stat Rob, so interesting thing, because one thing about Christian McCaffrey coming to this team is like, oh, now finally Kyle Shanahan has an elite weapon that he never had before. And if you ask me, Kyle Shanahan has already has two elite weapons and like two including when you go huge check and you go IU like two pretty darn good weapons is there some kind of way to quantify the offensive output that Kyle Shanahan gets based on the like you know how when they have the pro football uh, focus rankings and you look at and Trent Williams at the top near the top and Kittle's near the top and Debo's near the top is is when you look at that and you look at what the offense is about, does Kyle Shanahan's offenses underperform based on the star power they've, they've had time and time again? Yeah, I think you could make the argument that he's done less with more than a lot of people around the league. 
even if you go back in his career, he's only had two or three offenses that have been in the top half in terms of points scored. Now, granted, a lot of the time he was dealing with quarterbacks that were less than spectacular, but he really does need to start putting it together because the offense up till this point was scoring 18 points a game, and it's hard to do that with stars that they have when you're supposed to be you know, this offensive genius. 18 points a game is just not going to cut it. Rob Statsquare is our guest today here on 95.7 The Game. And, Rob, staying with McCaffrey for a little bit here, Kyle Shanahan has not had a 1,000-yard rusher since he's been with the San Francisco 49ers. Is this going to be his guy? And if that's the case, if he's RB number one, doesn't that mean that there is going to be high usage running the football? And is that problematic when you talk about his health? And if that's not what he has in line for one, Christian McCaffrey, and we know he's going to catch the ball, but there seems to be this sort of uncertainty as to exactly what his role is going to be going forward. I'm not sure he's just going to be like a 20, 25-carry-a-game guy. I think if you think back to when the 49ers signed Jarek McKinnon, the word was that Kyle had a whole offense that was going to be centered around Jarek McKinnon, both <laughs> as a runner and as a receiver out of the backfield, in the slot, different things. And that all kind of had to get mothballed when McKinnon tore his ACL. I think that's what Kyle is thinking for Christian McCaffrey. He wants to use him as a runner, yes. But Kyle likes positionless football. He likes interchangeable parts. It's part of the reason they drafted Debo Samuel. It's part of the reason they drafted Jalen Hurd. They want to be able to do anything with anybody on any play and just confuse the hell out of the defense. And if there's one thing you can say about Christian McCaffrey, is he is so versatile he is a perfect piece for that kind of scheme. The perfect kind of scheme to, you know, average 18 points a game. And again, so let's go back to last week, okay? You're in Atlanta. You score 14 points. You lose 14 to 28. You put Christian McCaffrey in, and let's just say that he had been there since training camp or whatever, and we're running the full-on Christian McCaffrey on the 49ers offense. How many more points do you really think that, that Kyle Shanahan is able to scheme up? With, and I, there's no way to know this for sure, right? I'm, I'm asking your opinion. How many more points do you think they scored in Atlanta last week if Christian McCaffrey had been integrated in that offense? That's a really good question, and it's hard to give a, a definitive answer because when they got the ball back in the fourth quarter on the one-yard line, down by two scores, and they, they're not hurrying up, they're huddling every play, it looked like Kyle wasn't trying to win the game. That was <laughs> the, <laughs> same the same thing. thing. Like, dude, this is just basic math. You've got to score twice. You've got this much time left. You needed to hurry before that. And his explanation after the game made no sense whatsoever. So, yeah, I think it, it's kind of crazy to say, oh, well, if Christian McCaffrey was there, that would have magically fixed that. Like, no, absolutely not. So that's, that's a whole part of it. Um, and I, I can't answer that question, but I think it's a legitimate point by you. So if you're looking at Christian McCaffrey and you, you go beyond the stats, just how, how many yards did he rush, how many yards per carry and things like that, and you compare him to a Jeff Wilson, you can compare him to a Mostert, to a Matt Breida, to an Elijah Mitchell, just based purely on what the numbers, how, how effective the numbers, how much more productivity could we expect from a Christian McCaffrey versus other people that have been in this offense, realistically speaking? I've, here's what I think you can expect from Christian McCaffrey that I don't think you can expect from, say, Jeff Wilson Jr. If, if the 49ers have a play blocked for three yards, Jeff Wilson Jr. can get you three yards. 
Christian, Christian McCaffrey, he could still get you five, six, seven yards because of how hard he is to tackle and how he can make people miss. And honestly, those few extra yards make a big difference because instead of second and seven, right, then it maybe it becomes second and four, second and three, which opens up the other options you have available on later down. And I think that's something that Kyle has really missed with Elijah Mitchell not in the game. He hasn't had that guy that could sort of, Kyle calls it like a, overcome coaching, right, and just <laughs> do something beyond the scheme of what is there. And I think that's what Christian McCaffrey can do. I think that's what he's excited about. Rob Statsquare, I guess. You know, we saw over the last couple of weeks where it became so obvious that the 49er offense was so Debo Samuel-centric that Kyle Shanahan was trying to disguise him in, in certain putting him in certain positions on the field as opposed to just lining up next to Jimmy Garoppolo. What is the addition to Christian McCaffrey do as far as Debo Samuel's role running the football and or some of the gadget plays that we've seen over the last two years? I think it really opens up some interesting possibilities. I mean, you could just imagine, you could have a play in shotgun with Debo Samuel on one side of Jimmy Garoppolo, Christian McCaffrey on the other, and you could do a whole host of things, right? You could do a fake to McCaffrey and then have Jimmy hand it off to Debo. You could do a fake to Debo and have Jimmy throw a screen pass to McCaffrey. You could have one of those guys go in motion before the play. That's the thing I think that's exciting is that Kyle is going to be able to use those guys lined up in different positions to get a matchup that favors the 49ers. And then whether it's, you know, Christian McCaffrey on a linebacker or Debo on a linebacker out of the backfield, whatever it might be, it's just another way for Kyle to tilt the field in the 49ers' favor. Stats, but but why hasn't he been able to do that with George Kittle and Dayuk and Hughes and Debo on the field at the same time already? Like, like why should we believe that, oh, now, finally, at last, now that he has the all-pro at almost every offensive skill position, he's like, why, why should we be excited given what he's done, g- given the fact that George Kittle is averaging less than 50 receiving yards a game, and he's a dynamic weapon? I totally agree with you. He, Christian McCaffrey does not fix all the issues. Absolutely not. That's, that's a completely fair thing. But I think that, you know, when I looked at it with Jeff Wilson, every time Kyle gave the ball to Jeff Wilson, that was kind of like a loss, right? Because that meant it wasn't <laughs> in the hands of Debo. It wasn't in the hands of Kittle or Ayuk or any of the guys you mentioned. Now, no matter what he does with the football, one of those guys is going to touch it. And if you go back and you look at the most successful drives the 49ers have had, it's not Ray Ray McLeod catching passes or Charlie <laughs> Warner dropping passes or getting targets. It's when they give it to Debo, Kittle, and Ayuk, they move the ball right down the field. Now, Kyle is going to have to try really hard not to give it to one of those guys. <laughs> Rob, you mentioned earlier with the 49ers, and this should have been obvious to everybody, down two scores, yet huddling and not playing with any sense of urgency. Do you think that Kyle Shanahan got the memo? And more importantly, do they have in their bag or in their game plan the ability to, okay, we're now in hurry-up, no-huddle mode, let's stretch the defense, let's start throwing the ball down the field. Can they play that sort of football? It, It didn't seem so the other day. I think they can. That's why I was so frustrated about it, right? We remember week 18 last year against the Rams at the end of regulation. They had to move down the field and score quickly. 
and they did. We start against against the Packers earlier that year. I think it was week three. They go all the way down the field. Jimmy throws the touchdown pass to Kyle Juszczyk with 30 seconds left. They can do it when they want to. The frustrating thing for me was that it seemed like Kyle didn't want to do it, and I have no idea why. And I thought it was really interesting. After that game, Tim Kawakami came out with a piece in The Athletic where he claimed his explanation that was totally his and not told to him by anybody with the 49ers was that Kyle just wanted to get out of that game without any more injuries. And that was really his focus. And I got to tell you, I don't know if that's true or not, but if that really was, <laughs> if that was something that maybe Tim heard off the record, that's absurd because that, we're talking about a conference game against Atlanta with a chance to separate yourself in the division. You can't just say, oh, well, we'll get out of Dodge here and take this loss. So I, I just thought that was a really weird explanation, but it, it, something was going on because it just didn't fit. It was clear to everybody you needed to hurry, and Kyle clearly should have known that, and yet he didn't. Hey, Rob, so the Niners are 3-3, three and three, literally the Jimmy Garoppolo of records, if, oh, it, if no. it existed. <laughs> the Eagles are 6-0. and oh, The Vikings are 5-1. and one, The Giants are 5-1. and one, The Cowboys are 4-2. and two. Everybody has the Niners as these contenders that are better than teams that have better records than them. Make it make sense. The, the, the Niners is contenders at 3-3. Three and three. Because it ultimately doesn't matter where they finish up. I think the Niners look at it like, hey, in 2019, we had the absolute best team and we didn't win the Super Bowl. That didn't mean anything that we had the best team. What matters is what happens on the field. I think the Niners now look at it like, we'd like to win the division, but just get us to the playoffs and we'll take our shot against anybody because we think we have the talent to beat them. And I think that's what a lot of people think, too. I mean, you could say a lot about Kyle Shanahan, but you have to also say this. He knows how to win in the playoffs. When he gets in, they go deep. And I think they look at it and they're like, great, the Eagles could win 13, 14 games. Guess what? If we beat him in the playoffs, it doesn't mean a damn thing. And I think they just want to get to the dance and they'll take their chances. Rob Statsquare joins us here today on 95.7 The Game. Rob, we talk about the injuries, especially on defense. I understand it. It's, it's football and these things happen. But the level of consistency with which it's happened to the San Francisco 49ers, and it's hard to apply any logic to this, but... Can you, at the end of the day, why the 49ers and why under Kyle Shanahan's watch do we see so many frequent injuries, or is there no explanation? No, there has to be an explanation, because nobody is this unlucky for this long. This is over half a decade now, where the 49ers have been among the top 10 most injured teams in the NFL, and actually, five out of Kyle Shanahan's six years, they've been in the top six most injured teams. So it is either something that they are doing, or something that they are not doing that is causing this to happen because somewhere along the line in the last half decade, there would be positive regression, and there hasn't been from the 49ers. So that is, I think that is their biggest task in the offseason, no matter what happens this year. Figure out what you are doing or not doing that's causing so many players to be injured. Look at the Rams. The Rams are never injured. They're the complete opposite of the 49ers. Go over to L.A., just hire all their training people. Double their salary. There's no salary cap for coaching staff and training staff, right? Just hire those people away because they seem to know what they're doing. What about the idea of drafting players like Ken Law that are injured or last season starting the season with Jason Verrett as your number one player at quarterback? Like they, I think that they, they draft and pay in free agency people that have a tendency to – to get injured a lot, which brings me to Christian McCaffrey. 
What's the over-under? He played 10 <laughs> games the last two seasons. In the next two seasons, does he play more or less than 10 games, Christian McCaffrey? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I'm going to look, I'm going to try and be optimistic and say over, but I totally get what you're saying. And I, that's absolutely part of it, right? I mean, the real reason for these injuries is probably a collection of things, and that's one of them. Hurt guys get hurt generally, especially when you're talking about a Javon Kinlaw, who some teams had off of their board completely. Even Reuben Foster, you know, in addition to all the behavioral stuff, remember he got kicked out of the combine. A lot of teams had him off their board because of the shoulder issues. And so when you draft guys with long injury histories and you depend on them, you do kind of set yourself up for this situation. And you mentioned Trent Williams. Hasn't played a full season in years. George Kittle hasn't played a full season in years. When you bring these guys back year after year, they're going to continue to get hurt. And so that is absolutely part of why they find themselves in this situation. Rob Statsquera joins us. Hey, Rob, let's just sort of focus on this game for a second. Talk about Kansas City, who looks as though they, in the course, are coming off a loss, and it's them or Buffalo that are vying sort of for home field advantage, if you will. I know it's early on to say that, but seems pretty clear, at least at this juncture. But they look like they're struggling a little bit more as, a, as compared to previous years in scoring points. What should the 49ers, the fans, and or the defense concern themselves now with a team that no longer has some of the weapons like that of a Tariq Hill? Well, anytime they have Patrick Mahomes, you have to be concerned because every 49er fan knows, even if you think you've got him contained at any moment, he could just go God mode and they could put up 14, 21 points in the blink of an eye. I mean, they're maybe the only team in the league where a 17-point lead, you still don't feel totally comfortable. But where I think the 49ers can have a little bit of success is the Chiefs' tackles are terrible. They have been playing really, really badly this year, and it looks like the Niners are going to have enough horses back on defense to be able to significantly rush the passer. And that is how this defense is built to win. They are built to get pressure on the quarterback quickly and then use the coverage skills of guys like Fred Warner and the the improved secondary, which I know Mosley's not there, but the secondary overall I think is improved to where they can stop you, especially stop you from getting big chunk plays. So I think the Niners can have some success getting pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Now, what happens after that, we don't know. But potentially this could be a game where defensively the 49ers are able to attack the way they are built to attack. Dave, Rob, so there's another tight end there in Travis Kelsey in Kansas City who most people would say is obviously, obviously a better receiving receiving tight end than, than, than George Kittle, right? And, but I think that most people say, oh, well, George Kittle makes up more with blocking. I'd like to make the argument that George Kittle – is while underutilized, just as an effective of a receiver as Travis Kelsey is. Man, help me make this argument, please. I totally agree with you. Blocking is still the second best thing that George Kittle does. It's just a shame that Kyle Shanahan doesn't seem to realize that. <laughs> if you go back and look at George's career, anytime he has gotten anywhere close to the amount of targets that Travis Kelsey has gotten, he's put up numbers that are just as good. It, it, I really do think it's just a usage thing with Kyle. Kyle is a running first coach. He's an old school coach. He looks like a new school coach because he's wearing easy, but he's an old school coach. He likes to run the ball first and foremost. And so George Kittle, unfortunately, it's, it's almost like he's penalized for being such a good blocker because he doesn't get opportunities in the receiving game. And I wish he would because he can carry an entire offense. And we saw that in that three-game stretch last year. He's totally capable of doing it. 
He just doesn't get the chance to do it. Rob Stadsquero, we enjoyed it, man. Way to come strong on a Saturday afternoon. Enjoy the contest tomorrow. Let's talk soon, buddy. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. That is Rob Stadsquero. Yo, the realest thing Rob Stats Guerrero said, which is something that I've been trying to qualify for the whole show, and he kind of said it in one sentence, and I don't even know if he if he realized that he said it, okay? Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Kyle Huschek, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, okay? When you have those dudes on the field, <laughs> yeah. and those are the only options, one of those dynamic playmaking people are going to touch the ball every time. like every, And that that's where it really becomes. It's not, oh, well, this person's going to be a distraction, or this person is like one of those dudes that you know can make things happen. Like, no, no Jawan Jennings touches in that form, in, in that uh, personnel grouping. No Jeff Wilson touches in that personnel grouping. I like Jawan Jennings. I like Jawan Jennings, too. Is, is he Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, or any of those dudes I just mentioned? No. While I agree with you, mm-hmm. All of this, at the end of the day, has to translate to wins and more points than the other team. And this has to just... See, that's the thing, though, is that 80% of that work is going to be done by defense. That, if healthy, I doubt anybody outside of Kansas City scores more than 17 points against. So, <laughs> game over right there. Yeah. That, that, that's game, like That defense staying healthy, game over. For everybody. Aaron Rodgers is going to have another uh, seven-point game at home. M- maybe even Jalen Hurts, okay, gets shut down. Y- you look there at Dak Prescott. We know what he looked like against his defense. And that's when he could throw a Josh Norman. Yeah. <laughs> now you got Wo- Mooney Ward out there, right? So this team, this team, a lot's get pulled. Jimmy Garoppolo and this and that. And th- listen, this team's going to win. Jimmy Garoppolo's playing well. Jimmy Garoppolo's playing quarterback. <laughs> this team, whether what this team does, I'll tell you like this, okay? If you tell me who's healthy on that defense at the end of the season, I'll tell you where this team winds up. If you have Ward, Bosa, Warner, Armstead, and Hafanga healthy, like if those five dudes stay healthy throughout the season, and you're, you're replacing, you know, in, in a minute who goes out and you replace them with whoever, right? And you, yeah. Greenlaw goes out and you replace them with the Fanagan Files or whatever, okay? If those five or six dudes start every game from here on out, Super Bowl, because those five or six dudes are elite playmakers at key positions on a defense that's going to be elite because they're on. You know, you talk about Eric Armstead, who's out with it. He's got the foot injury. He had the plantar fasciitis in one foot. That's and then, nasty. Well, yeah. then the other foot was bothering him. So I don't know. What, I mean, it's pick your hot potato with this guy. Both feet are, are not working for but, him. But notice he was not in that name of list. As, as well, good that, as he is, he's he's not in that again. But the you list. need him. And that's why I'm mentioning it. You either need him or Javon Kinlock. Because as much as you talked about what Atlanta did, Atlanta went right at the 49ers. You know where the 49ers are susceptible? It's right up the middle. And you know why? He's the one guy. Because when you think about the 49ers and the players they lost a year ago, you're thinking DJ Jones. Lincoln Tomlinson. Oh, my goodness. I think they've done a good job, believe it or not, of. Oh, no. I'm happy with the offensive line. The offensive line and Lincoln Tomlinson. And even, you know, even the loss of Kwan Williams in the slot. Diamondo Lenore's done a good job. You're right. It's DJ Jones, who is, again, statistically number one 
against the run this year. The run, yeah. And the run right up the middle. The 49ers, without Armstead, without Kinlaw, they don't – Hassan Ridgeway, good. Kevin Givens, good. They are susceptible right in the spine of their defense. Well, also, Charles Amenahu, who plays defensive end, is better as a defensive tackle in pass rushing situations. But if you're running the ball and Amenahu is sitting there at D-tackle – He's getting blown off the ball. He, he's not, he doesn't have that kind of body. So that's why they need Armstead or Kinlaw. Some, one of those, those are big boys. And but how many, how many teams? See, every, whenever, whenever a team loses a game, people want to talk about blueprints. Oh, well, that's a blueprint to beat them. How many teams can line up and run the ball 40 times down the Niners' throat like the Atlanta did? No, but the fact that you can and the fact that you got a cavity in what's supposed to be the best defense and it's right over the center's you know, right over the center, it well, should but, be a level of but concern. Atlanta did that. Do you, do you think that the Seahawks could do that? No, but if it's, say, it's L.A. and it's third and short and they want a time-consuming drive late mm-hmm. in the game and somebody hasn't done it all game but suddenly is able to gash the Niners right in the middle of the defense simply mm-hmm. because they don't have the bodies, it could be problematic. The, reason, the, the reason Bosa was in one of, was one of those names and, and Kinlaw wasn't is that while Bosa obviously – one of the best pass rushers. Bosa, what he does in the run game, so underrated. Well, I was going to mention, I'll, I'll talk, I'll leave it for when we come back after the break. By the way, I just saw Andy reading that commercial. Not bad. Andy Reid, who thought? <laughs> Andy Reid's got, he's kind of funny. All right, we'll continue here on 95 7 the game. We'll do a little 49ers and also want to wrap things with the Golden State Warriors. That's all next with Shamari Block and Dan Avon as we wrap up the show after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to 95.7 The Game. We have hit the last half hour. The home stretch. You can see the flag. Shamari Block taking us home and Dan Bone. And I'm bummed. This has been so much fun. This has been such a fun conversation. We had dubs. We had this Christian McCaffrey thing. We talked to Stats Guerrero. We talked to Tracy. I've, I've had a good time. I've had this much fun in about, uh, about 13 days. So let's – I want you to throw out once again that over and <laughs> over. 
under. This is terrible when it comes to Christian McCaffrey. Well, no, nah, this isn't me. But go ahead. What are you? What are you well, barking I'm, about? I'm just, I'm just saying, Christian McCaffrey in the previous two seasons before this one played seven games in three games for a total of ten. He's going to make eleven million a year. <laughs> he he's given up. You gave up four draft picks to get him, and I'm just saying. Now I'm not going to include this year. I'm saying in 2023 no, and 2024. No, no, let's, let's let's include this year. Well, he's already played six games this no, year. No, no, no. So let's just with the 49ers. How about we start with this year? Okay. So how many with... games remaining in this year? Okay. So we have, what, 11 games left, left 11 this year? 11 games in this year. What's the over and under just for this year for Christian How many McCaffrey? games he plays? And Kyle Shanahan's grind them until they're ground beef Give me the offense. line. 10. So, okay. So, so, so we're saying 11. So we talked 32. 10, so that's one-third. So if he's no, playing no, 11. I, I'm asking you, so there's 11 games remaining. Yes. Oh, you were doing the math in I your I was doing the math. Sorry. So one-third of that would be roughly three, but I'll upgrade it. Four games. Over, under, four games. Christian McCaffrey <laughs> plays the rest of the season. There you go. Shamari Block has spoken. We want to hear from you on the text line. Now you can call us at 888-957-9570. The line is at four. Will Christian McCaffrey play more or less than four games with the 49ers this year. It better be more. It, it, I would hope it is, but but you have no reasonable expectation to believe it. A, because, because of him, and B, every year the Niners injury report looks like the Pro Bowl, okay? <laughs> you, you got Debo into the season on there. Ayuk spent some time on there. George Kittle spends about five, six, seven games on IR. If Elijah Mitchell didn't miss seven or eight games last season, he's probably a 1,000-yard rusher. You, you have Trent oh, Williams definitely. on there several times. You, you got you, Javon Kinlaw has spent his entire Niners career on the injury report. Let's not forget Jalen Hurd. Well, he's who gone. Should, who should be called Jalen Hurts, who they drafted and, and never played a single down. <laughs> like You talk about Marcus Lattimore. Remember Marcus Lattimore? Sure. You talk about Marcus Lattimore, but at least Marcus Lattimore had been injured in college severely, and he just never showed up. They drafted this Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurd, Jalen Hurts kid, and he never – you get what I'm saying? So it's – the Niners, all their potential is always on the injured list. And you know who doesn't get injured, Dan, is always there for you? And I guess I guess is the point that Tracy was making. Good old Dante Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's hurt. Let's bring back good old Dante Johnson. And that, more than anything else, holds his team back. And Christian McCaffrey, you have to kind of question the logic in bringing a guy into a team that's injured, bringing in a guy that's injured, uh, oft injured, we'll, well say, again, into I, this program. We started this conversation hours ago about Christian McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. And when you look at his career, What's the text line coming in? Oh, 11 games? Okay, that's the 408. 11 games. Bet. So they, they're going triple. <laughs> they're going triple. So you're 11. saying he's going to play in all 11 he's, games? Uh, well, I don't know, because then there's like playoff games. So I guess he's going to I guess he's gonna miss the NFC Championship game. <laughs> no, but when you think about Christian, why it's a level of concern is because you would like to see this thing inverted where, you know, maybe he had some injuries early on in the season, and then, of course, the last three years were historic. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it's just a bad sort of trajectory he's on, where he was so good the first three years, comes out in 2017, mm -hmm. 18 and 19, just, I mean, doing stuff that was unheard of as a running back slash receiver. And then the last two years he's hurt, and you're picking him up now. 
does the, the trajectory of the injuries continue? Because you know the shelf, he's a running back, for crying out loud. He's only 26, which I is still am, relatively young. 26 for a running back. He's he's about a year past his prime, seriously. <laughs> no, no, no. What's the shelf life of the average running back? An average running back, yes. A good running back is, is going to be good until they're about 28. Like 30 is the line of just, all right, don't don't invest. And then there's Frank Gore, who just was not from this planet. I mean, Frank Gore, man, goodness gracious. That guy, yeah. I mean, he's he's, he's immortal. Frank Gore could probably still go out and, and, and get you three yards of carry right now. But a good running back, and, and that, that's the distinction I want to make, is that if you, you know, you busted in the league and you had one good season where you rushed for 1,100 yards, you, you, your shelf life is three or four years. But the good guys, the Derrick Henrys, the the Todd Todd I don't know Todd Gurley fell off a cliff but he had got injured okay the guys that have been elite that have well, led the league in rushing I, I'll give them you know I'll give them until like they're they're like twenty eight we'll, well say twenty eight that's 28. the thing is you talked about I'm glad you mentioned Todd Gurley because it's quick you can go over that cliff within a year it happened in a month uh, exactly. he started out that he started out that season as Todd Gurley and then he ended the season as you know Gurley. That that's probably not. Wait, is that is that is that offensive? Girly man. I don't I don't mean I didn't mean it that way. But you know, you get what I'm saying though. Like he just was not because you know I don't want to get Troy Aikman. <laughs> I don't want to get Troy Aikman. <laughs> you know, you know what he's saying, right? Yes, I know. No, but let, let me tell you. When I heard him say that, I cringed. I was like, oh, you can't say that. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's get back out to the phone lines. Rob and San Bruno wants to talk about the 49ers. Hey, Rob. What's going on? What's going on, fellas? I I feel like, you know, it was a good pickup for us. I think Kyle Shannon has just shown us what he really want to do. He wants to run the football. So I was just telling me he don't want the ball in Jimmy's hands like that, so he want to do as much running as possibly can. So I feel like about eight games, he's going to miss about three. <laughs> you know, you carrying Jimmy Garoppolo is a full-time job. You know what I mean? So I think we're going to be fine. You know, it's pretty much going to be the same. You said it's going to be the same offense. It's just going to be a little bit better at the running game. So, you know, I, I like. The, I think it was a good pickup. And this thing about running backs can't last, that's a myth. They made that up during the early 2000s. They got tired of running backs winning MVP and made it all about the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, my man, he said a very important thing, man. And I don't think he, did, he hinted at it, but but he mentioned, you know, it's a hard job carrying Jim Rappel around. Do, do you think maybe all these injuries on offense – comes from everyone straining from carrying Jimmy Garoppolo on well, their back. He threw a medicine week in and week out. He threw a medicine ball to kill. Kittle, he's thrown, he threw several. Yeah, but no, this is primarily on defense. That had nothing to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, I'm just saying that the offensive players, the running backs, the receivers, they get injured a lot. And I'm saying, oh, this is Jimmy maybe, Garoppolo's fault. Ma- ma- no, well, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is heavy and carrying carrying him on your back like many of these guys do. It hurts a little bit. You get a little back let me just, let me end you, you, you ever carry like a, a refrigerator or a or an <laughs> oven, Dan? It's, it's like Jimmy Garoppolo. I, it's I like want, that. I want to, and I think Jimmy's doing it this year, but he does it quietly. Mm-hmm. He is dispelling the, dispelling the myth that he's a mediocre, limited quarterback. How? 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 By, by, Have how? you seen him play this year? Yeah, he's look, he looked he look, he look good. He looked okay. Good is not mediocre. Oh, you just he had a Freudian okay. slip. You had a Freudian slip. No, he looks good. He looked, wait, listen. Listen. 
that that 300 yard that 290 whatever yards he threw last week was deceptively was a deceptively high total. You have to admit though, that was one of the few times maybe since he's been a quarterback with Kyle Shanahan or since coming to the 49ers where they lost the game and it wasn't Jimmy's fault. Yes, and, and I'm going to say this, and I said this on Twitter, and I'm going to say it right now. That first interception that he threw at the end of the half. That's pass interference. No, Guy jumped. You know, he got to. Well, but no, 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 no. I was making a completely different point. I love that interception. I'd like to see him throw that interception more. Oh, oh, you're talking about the the YOLO. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd like to see more of those. Yeah. Because the interceptions he throws is linebacker across the middle. I'd like to see him throw more one-on-one, especially in a situation like that where time's running out. And by throwing it up, you're not going to lose anything. It's like a punt or something like that. Too often in situations where it's like, well, listen, if you if you throw an interception 40 yards down the field, it's basically a punt anyway. Like I feel like he checks it down. And, and that no, is never going to work. But again, I think we're beginning to find out, because you've always put this on Jimmy Garoppolo, he's checking it down. Jimmy's telling you, I want to throw the football down the field. He's saying it indirectly to Kyle Shanahan, which is about as brave as he ever gets. Like, I would like to get – he's using the media as sort of the platform. I would like to go back to 2017. He would like to throw – now listen, before – how's this? Before we can say that he's just not accurate throwing the ball down the field, mm-hmm. can we at least see him do it a little bit more frequently? Before what? we well, okay. make that assumption. Okay. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Let's just say he goes full on Willie Beam in any given Sunday <laughs> and changes Cal's plays in the huddle and, and throws the ball down the field, okay? What are they gonna do? Put in Brock Purdy? What do you mean? Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo could do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> he can he can he can go into Kyle Shanahan's house, okay? Eat, eat all the fruit roll-ups and all oh, the, and all the, the top rock. You know, that doesn't yeah. happen. And, 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 then, and then tell Miss Miss Shanahan that she looks chubby in that dress. He can do whatever he wants right now. Yeah, you he can't. can do that. No, yes, he can. Kyle Shanahan spends the entire week drafting. You know, he scripts the first 25 plays, and that's part of his problem is that he's scripting just about everything. You can't just suddenly say, hey. <laughs> okay, but, but, you can't go to Debo and just say, hey, man. Just run a post. Debo will look at him and say, what, what are you talking about? Like, that's not the play that was just. Dan, if then he, he does, has but to if ignore. He does, but, if, but if he does, what the hell is Kyle Shanahan going to do? Nah, well, Put in Purdy? Go, go, uh, uh, try to trade back for Sudfeld? But if he throws it. He's, got him, he's got him by the short and curly, as his people in Texas say. He can do whatever he wants I, I know, to. I, and I, he, I and he's saying. still doing the same stuff. So you're putting this on him, not Kyle? I'm saying it's a group. We saw Kyle before the end of the half. It's a group effort. Down two scores. Forget about the end of the half. Down two scores before the end of the game. Is that because I can't trust Jimmy to throw the ball down the field? You're down two scores, buddy. You better trust somebody to throw the ball deep or stretch. Yeah, but again, if you're Jimmy G, I'll tell you like this, okay? I can't believe you're blaming Jimmy G. I'm not blaming Jimmy G. I I am identifying a character trait that will not allow him to be better than he should than he could be. And again, Aaron Rodgers is down 14. 
Mike McCarthy or whoever, LaFleur, nah, Aaron whoever's Rogers, coach. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, you can't – that's not fair. Well, no, 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 because I'm not talking about the physical characteristics. No, no, no. He's the one guy – Aaron Rodgers' mentality. He's the one guy who could tell the coach, LaFleur, go to hell. I'm going to do what I want to do. But Aaron Rodgers told coaches to go to hell before he was Aaron Rodgers. When he was a recruit at Cal, you know I love to tell the story. <laughs> Alex Smith, uh, Mike Nolan drafted Alex Smith because he asked – Aaron Rodgers and Alex Smith to do some stupid drill where they roll the ball between their legs that meant nothing. And he did it to see how obedient his quarterback would be. Alex Smith did it no matter, no matter how many times he wanted, unquestioned. Aaron Rodgers like, hey, this is a bunch of BS. What does this have to do with me being a great quarterback? And he basically stormed out of there. They drafted Alex Smith. Aaron Rodgers is on his way to the Hall of Fame. So there's physical traits. And then there's, listen, you trying to tell me Look, Tom Brady would get Shanahan fired if he didn't if he didn't like the way he he called offense. Yeah. And we know this because Tom Brady got a coach fired because he didn't like the way he calls offenses. Okay, Jimmy Garoppolo. Tom Brady's essentially a player coach. He's calling the plays. Peyton Manning would have got you. The defiance of the defiance of a coach that is not getting the job done. Let me phrase that. If you're the quarterback and you think as Jimmy Garoppolo mouthed, and I don't care what anybody says, we, we all can read lips. Your plays suck, man. If that's true, call another play in the huddle. The go uh go Kevin Moxon, okay, from from a varsity blues. Change just no one's going to stop you. Be a monster. Maybe not stop you on that one play, but rest assured. If it's incomplete or whatever, he's going to get called to the sidelines or Shanahan's going to let him know about and it. I'll That's like, just the dynamic and, of the No, and then you say, oh, my bad, man. I called a bad audible. I thought that okay, the Okay, so then you get, you get one play and that's it. Is and that you what you're do saying? That, no, then you do it three, four more times. And again, <laughs> and again, no, 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 no. Dan, listen, listen to me. And then when Kyle Shanahan says, hey, Jimmy, you better start calling the plays the way, you know, that I, I, I want him called. Then I'd say, oh, hey, uh, Brock. Hey, Brock, get over here. You, you want to? Hey, uh, Brock can Brock can take over for me, <laughs> and then you laugh in his face, and you do what you want again. And don't well, tell me, don't tell me that that don't tell me that Brady, that Rogers, that Manning, hell, I, I guarantee Kyler Murray, <laughs> Kyler Murray would oh, change the play. Well, at least Jimmy said your play sucked, man. Kyler Murray, you know what the problem was there when Kyler Murray, of course, said calm the f down, right to his coach. Listen. Part of that is Cliff Kingsbury. You want to be, quote-unquote, friend of the players? Well, that's what you get is high, high disrespect. Okay, you do realize that Cliff Kingsbury has a higher winning percentage than Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Well, if you're at 500, you're higher than Shanahan. Bingo. Bingo. By the way, I think I think if I do... Yeah, uh, but the defense of Shanahan, you did not have Cliff Kingsbury inheriting a, a Tom Sula coach team or a Chip Kelly Coach, T. so I mean, the first year and a half, you're going to pile up some losses. Do you not? Do you remember Josh Rosen when Cliff Kingsbury took over? Josh Rosen was yeah, his quarterback. Was now the head coach of Carolina, uh, Styles, right? Yeah, but 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 but, but pe- people, he re- listen. I'm not saying Cliff Kingsbury is. <laughs> I'm not saying he's anything. I'm saying a he didn't inherit a great team either, and b he traded his remember he traded his best player. He traded his best player, right? The, the running back whose name is Casey right now. He traded away his best player. He gave up on a first-round pick quarterback to take another. Like, he took some chances. He built this team out. They drafted Isaiah oh, and then Simmons. Oh, got Hopkins. 
And they sent uh, yeah the was it Johnson uh, yeah no I know I, he he was he was somebody at one point his name is David David Johnson David Johnson was a was an all pro caliber dude when they traded him right. and yeah you got Hopkins for him but I'm just saying that that Cliff Kingsbury built this team in his image Kyle Shanahan built his team in his image they both they both started from scratch basically and they have the same winning now I'm not I am not. And I don't believe that he's a better coach or even an equal coach of Kyle Shanahan. I'm just talking about better winning percentage. What do you think of Kyler Murray coming off the field and screaming in his face, his coach's face, calm the F down, calm the F down, and then continuing, proceeding to just chew him out? I don't Is know. It big deal or no deal? I don't know because I don't, I don't know their relationship. When I was in college, I remember taking a psychology class that talked about communication, blah, 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 something like that. And they and it brought up this interesting fact that, and maybe you can maybe you have a friend who you go over their house and everybody yells and like that's just how they talk, yeah, right. And some people, but that like, ain't Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, and, and some people, some people are more quiet and reserved. Like it's a cultural thing. I don't know if that's just how they talk to each other, or if that was so. If that's just how they talk to each other, then, I don't think so. Knowing Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, that, they're the same age. I know, but that doesn't <laughs> seem to be in their their personality to be screamers. They, I mean, I could see that with maybe, you know, the before mentioned Aaron Rodgers or uh, that's just disrespect. Though, I'll coach. tell you, listen, like you, you, you do radio with me. Okay. If, if you go to a barbecue and me and Martha and Vallejo are talking in sports, then we're probably yelling. And outsiders might be like, oh, my God, they're pissed off. I'm like, no, this is just how we talk to each other yeah. when we're passionate about something. Well, so I, I don't know. I don't know the relationship well enough. If, if I saw Jimmy G do that to Kyle Shanahan, then I'm like, oh, <laughs> but also I'm excited because I'm like, Jimmy finally grew a pair. This is not Jimmy G, man. This is not in his name. I know, but I, I kind of wish it was because well, then it'd we, be nice. It'd be nice instead of Jimmy like G be going a jerk, be a jerk sometimes. But instead Jimmy. of Jimmy G being a jerk or having to go rogue and ignoring the play that came in. It'd be nice if Kyle Shanahan would just acquiesce and open things up and just let him prove to you and all the naysayers that he can't throw the ball down the field. I think we need to see it a little bit more frequently before we arrive at that conclusion. Yeah, but you can say your plays suck, man. Prove it. Because, again, the other option is Brock Purdy. And wait, wait, who's the third string? Who's who's the number three quarterback? I forget. They brought in some name. Like I was like, who? (laughs) Brock Purdy is who? And when you're hooer, people here when you're even more hooer than Brock Purdy, <laughs> uh, why did Whoville just jumped into my head? I was thinking the Grinch who stole Christmas. The the uh, uh, oh, in Living Color, uh, uh, Fire Marshal Bill, Jim Carrey. So here is well, let me tell you something, man. You talk Brock Purdy in these parts, 95-7 the game, there's a lot of Brock Purdy believers here. Yeah, everybody loved Nick Mullins, too, until he started eight games. That's what I'm saying. I'm listening. And you you say that I diss Jimmy G, okay? I will tell you this much. Jimmy Garoppolo is ten times a quarterback as Nick Mullins, C.J. Beathard, and, oh, who was the joker that was the starting quarterback? Can I just leave you with one thing about Jimmy G? Let's do it. He's, so he's, a, he's played, handsome, handsome man, by the way. He's played two full seasons in the NFL, right? Yes. You mm-hmm. agree. Just mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. Two. Mm-hmm. Is there not area for him to change the narrative from mediocre, limited, to being maybe just measure him on this year and going forward? Two he's, seasons, Shamari. But in five seasons yeah. as an NFL starter in San Francisco – 
He's never improved. And that's probably my biggest thing. Like the Jimmy G that I saw in 2017 needed to get better. But he was promising for, you know, uh, opening act. And it just never got better. It's like a movie where it's like, oh, this is interesting. And it draws you in. Yeah, but if and then the rest of it's just like, okay, good, it's more than 2018, you rip your knee and you don't play the entire season, right? He still had 40 starts and he's not any better than he was when he made his Ah, uh, See, that's where like 40 starts. If you were to measure... Ah, we're running out of time. This is going to get this because if you were to measure a guy on just two years and saying you haven't seen any improvement, this is who he is. I mean, you'd be putting a lot of guys in boxes that aren't accurate. I'm just saying, why not keep an open mind that he can get to that next level? And I cro- this, is, I, I this year, my, I pray every night Jimmy Garoppolo gets better, <laughs> and then I also pray, you know, for a lottery win. And I know neither <laughs> thing's going to happen. <laughs> oh, I love you. On that note, hey Cam, how's the car, baby? Cam's got to run down every 10 minutes and put uh, money in the meter. My man, Cam and Shamari. Shamari, say one last thing before we get out of here. One last thing before we get out of here, baby. The block is hot. There you go. I'm Dan Avone. See you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t